0: Welcome to the Diabetes What to Know podcast, where we talk to diabetes experts about how to live a long, healthy life with diabetes. We are answering your questions with pharmacist and diabetes care education specialist, Mandy Reese. Mandy, thank you so much for joining us tonight.
1: Thank you, I'm so glad to be here.
0: So this is your third time joining us on the show. It's such a pleasure to have you back. And people always have so many questions for a pharmacist and that's what we're gonna be covering tonight. First up are a whole bunch of questions about medications. So Sam asks, what is the difference between generic diabetes medications and name brands?
1: All right, so let's start with the brand name medications. They're developed by a pharmaceutical company and they develop it and they have an exclusive patent on it and a certain number of years where they have exclusive rights to that medication. Then after that time lapses, other companies can create generic medications which has the same active ingredient as the brand name medication, but the inactive ingredients are different.
0: So basically the same medications. I know a lot of people worry that the generic isn't as good as the name brand. What would you say to them about that?
1: I would say it's just as good, particularly in the area of diabetes. There's some other disease states where there are some differences, where you can't interchange Branded generic, but in diabetes, you certainly can.
0: All right, Kathy asks, are there meds to help me lose weight?
1: Interestingly, now there are medications that are used in the treatment of diabetes that have a benefit of weight loss, but for their branded product for diabetes, it's not indicated for weight loss. So ones that actually have the benefit of producing some weight loss, include liraglutide or Victoza, dulaglutide or Trulicity, semaglutatide, which is actually is an injectable form named Ozempic, and a pill form named Rebelsis, and then some of the other drug classes can also have an added benefit of producing some weight loss.
0: So there sounds like there's good news on this front. There are diabetes medications that are helpful for diabetes and may also have an added benefit of weight loss.
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: All right, next question, Gail asks, and we hear this a lot, will I be on these different medications forever?
1: Every person with diabetes, their body is unique in where they are in terms of diabetes. Now, to kind of go back to some of the basics with what happens in our bodies when we have type two diabetes in particular, we know that there's a resistance to insulin doing the job it needs to do in our body, and there's a decrease in the production of insulin. So where an individual person's body is with each of those two processes really will determine the treatment. Now, if they uh, may, if they increase their physical activity significantly, they make nutritional changes, they lose weight, that's certainly gonna change the treatment for type two diabetes. Also, if there's any heart-related, kidney-related, or other things going on in the body at various points in time, that will also help sort of drive how do we treat it. So it's hard to say what it's gonna look like for each person with diabetes, because it's unique um, throughout the lifespan.
0: Okay, Mandy, we got a lot of questions about metformin, so let's tackle those next. Chuck says, what are the side effects of metformin, and how long do the side effects last?
1: I hear that one so often. Primarily, it's nausea, diarrhea, and sometimes vomiting. Diarr- diarrhea really being the most common. I it. It's after a couple of weeks that'll go away. And then also, if the person gets extended release versus immediate release metformin, that will help. And then, a little tip I'd like to share with folks is to take a probiotic with the metformin, take it after you eat or at bedtime and that can help decrease those side effects.
0: Great answer. Nadine asks, why does metformin smell like fish? It is very hard to swallow them.
1: Oh, it's quite fishy, we must say. (laughs) So that is actually more common with the immediate release versus the extended release. And it has to do with just inherent characteristics of the medication itself. And depending on the generic um, metformin, between the different manufacturers, it will vary in how significant that fishy odor is. Um, but oftentimes if the person switches to extended release, it's a lot less.
0: Oh, yeah. great. good to know. All right, uh, Sammy says, uh, will I ever be able to get off of metformin?
1: It's hard to say um, without knowing specific information. And so I always tell folks is, you know, it just depends on changes in lifestyle, um, processes that are are going on in the body. Um, So the journey with diabetes for each person is unique and we can't tell what the future holds. We just have to take it one day at a time and be engaged. Um, in our um, healthcare choices and in their lifestyle choices that we're making.
0: So I I would like to ask you, what are the benefits of metformin? It's first-line therapy, we know it's safe, but I think sometimes people feel like it's not a great medication. What would you say to that?
1: Well, one thing I want to say right off is it does do a great job with stopping the excess release of glucose from the liver. It does help um, also help the body better use insulin to decrease some of that insulin resistance. And there are some studies looking at the benefit of metformin for reduction in cancer. Um, Also some of the um, impact that it may have on decreasing the aging within our body. Now those are certainly not approved indications, but it's actually being looked at for other types of indications outside of type two diabetes. And it is a safe medication Sometimes I will hear folks say, oh, well, it's going to hurt my kidneys or something. No, metformin does not damage the kidneys. It does not damage the liver. Oh,
0: that's great to know. All right, Julie says, I'm on metformin. Does that mean I will likely have to go on insulin if I don't get my A1C under control? She says it was 7.2 in June.
1: Absolutely not. So first of all, I wanna congratulate her for having an A1C at 7.2. Oh my goodness, that's she's doing a great job. Typically, we don't start insulin Insulin until somebody has a hemoglobin A1c between like nine and ten or above that that's typically when we will start insulin um, so certainly it doesn't look like insulin is at least in her future for right now based on that current A1c and Something else I want to say is historically, insulin was used as if you don't do everything you should do with diabetes, then you're gonna get put on insulin. The conversation I like to have with folks in my practice is, hey, insulin, if we get to the point we need it, we're replacing the what the body can't make, it's not a punishment for doing something wrong.
0: That is such a good point. I'm, I'm so glad you're telling that to folks. So speaking of insulin, we had several questions on that. Mason asks, my insulin froze on a trip, what do I do?
1: Oh, that's just a hairy situation. So frustrating. With that, unfortunately, the insulin will need to be thrown away. They will need to probably call their provider or call their pharmacy where the prescription is and have it transferred to a pharmacy in the area where uh, they're vacationing.
0: Okay, so can't use that insulin, unfortunately. Can't use that. No. All right, Gary asks How does one decrease insulin resistance?
1: Oh, this is where lifestyle really makes a big difference. So, increasing physical activity, both like cardiovascular, going for a walk, and resistance training doing some push-ups and some things like that, Pilates. Those are examples where it will decrease insulin resistance. And the other way to decrease insulin resistance is as we start to lose weight. And that can be through changes in our nutrition, our physical activity, or if there's medications that we're on that are causing weight gain or whatnot, really working through each of those.
0: Great to know. Judy says, once your rapid acting insulin dose is lowered, how long does it take for your body to adjust?
1: It really depends on the individual person. It really could take a few days for the person to see a difference. It's really individualized on how quickly they're going to see the change.
0: All right, Annette asks, what's in the future for drug treatment of diabetes? Are there any new drugs in development?
1: There are. There's a couple that we've seen exciting exciting results from in their trials. One is actually being produced um, by Lily and it's taking the GLP-1 agonist and combining it with another type of incretin hormone that's found in the stomach, which is where the GLP-1 agonist works, really using those two together in the treatment of type two diabetes, and we've seen some positive results with that. We also currently have a class of drugs that work in the kidney on, uh, it's called an SGLT2 inhibitor, And there is actually a newer medicine coming out that's gonna work on the SGLT1 receptor and the SGLT2. So that's gonna be exciting to see what's happening with that. There's also a medication that they're studying that actually um, basically suppresses the glucagon receptors which ultimately increases the amount of GLP-1 which is in our stomach and that impacts our glucose. And then also they're working on an oral insulin which is very exciting. So lots of things in the pipeline. Tom
0: asks, "Um, in the past, my morning readings were 128 to 135. More recently, my morning readings have varied greatly, 150s to 180s or more. My weight has been stable. Why are my numbers going so much higher?
1: It really is driven primarily by how much glucose or sugars being released by the liver during the night. That's the primary driver of the fasting blood sugar in the morning. Assuming somebody's not working third shift, that they are sleeping through the night. What I would say uh, for for him is to think about bedtime snack. Is he having one? If not, maybe it's time to add one, a lower carb, a higher protein. Bedtime snack uh, would be certainly an option to think about. And maybe even a a little walk, like a 10 minute walk after dinner.
0: Could make a big difference. Yes. Okay, so look at that bedtime routine and see what he could tweak. And probably if if there's nothing available, maybe talk to his doctor about what's happening. All right, Linda asks, are there cough medicines that people with diabetes can take that have less or no sugar?
1: I always tell folks when you're looking at the aisle at the pharmacy, and you're looking at those over-the-counter medications for allergies, sinus, and cold, and you're seeing all the liquids, make sure you look for sugar-free. That's the biggest um, important thing to keep in mind is making sure that you're getting a sugar-free liquid and it needs to say that on the label.
0: Good to know. Uh, Mary asks, does diabetes affect your sex life? What would you say to Mary?
1: Absolutely, it does. And I've had a lot of conversations through the years with folks with diabetes about this topic. And unfortunately, sometimes folks aren't comfortable talking about it, but it's a topic we really need to talk about. So with high blood sugars, what that does is it does affect blood flow and that includes blood flow to our sex organs. Um, And so if we have high blood sugars over time, that can decrease blood flow. We also can see nerve damage to all sorts of organs in our body, including our sex organs. For men, high blood sugars can lead to lower testosterone levels, which does impact sex drive. And also for women, high blood sugars over time can decrease vaginal lubrication high blood sugars do make a difference. And so another reason to really think about being proactive and, and getting the blood sugars to a healthy level
0: if someone is experiencing some of these side effects, is there anyone you would recommend that a person talk to about, you know, about what, to, what to do to manage them?
1: Talk to their primary care doctor um, about the symptoms they're having and what's going on. Because also um, high blood pressure can, particularly in men, can affect the ability to have an erection. So it's very important to have that conversation with the primary care doctor.
0: I know one thing you're very passionate about is continuous glucose monitoring. Yes. What would you like the folks watching at home to know about CGM devices for people with diabetes and, and how they can be helpful?
1: Absolutely, so first I think for folks to realize that one, with the continuous glucose monitor, it gives data in real time for that person. So I say, I always tell, give this analogy if somebody checks their blood sugar, it's like taking a picture with a camera. And um, if they're wearing a CGM, it's like taking a film. And it's like having a video and you can really reflect and watch and get real you know, detail in real time. Now what's also interesting is there's de- several different options on the market. Um, For folks who maybe don't have insurance coverage to have their own personal continuous glucose monitor, there is something called professional continuous glucose monitor that basically they wear for 10 or 14 days. They meet with their healthcare professional and they talk about the results. And depending on their insurance, they could do that every three months, every six months. And then I encourage folks to check with your insurance plan, your health plan, to see if a personal continuous glucose monitor would be an option for you, because it is an alternative to having to break your finger.
0: Great point, and it gives us a lot more information is what I hear you saying. Absolutely. And would it allow us um, to make better choices about food if we're looking at those numbers kind of before and after meals?
1: Absolutely, there's a gentleman I'm working with right now and um, he's um, really struggled through the years in making different choices um, because it's just hard hard to change. I mean, it's just a human thing. And so for him, he's been wearing one. He's been wearing a Dexcom G6 and he sees his numbers and he's really been making changes because he's like, oh my goodness, when I eat or drink X, my blood sugar goes up to 300 and I don't want to see that. So I'm going to change my choices. So he's already been empowered to make different changes in his nutrition, by seeing those numbers, that prior to wearing the continuous glucose monitor, he was not able to make
0: because he didn't have the full the full picture of what yes. was happening based on his choices. Yes, Mandy, you're a pharmacist, an amazing diabetes care and education specialist. What do you wish every person with type two diabetes was asking their pharmacist about? Is there anything we should be talking mm-hmm. to our pharmacist about?
1: absolutely oftentimes these days especially as we get older we're seeing multiple different healthcare providers we're seeing specialists generalists and they're all prescribing but they may not know what other providers are prescribing and the pharmacy particularly for folks if you use one pharmacy which I do recommend using one pharmacy so that the pharmacist knows all the medications that you're taking that can look and see are there any drug interactions, they can also see um, are there any medications that maybe are impacting the person's diabetes and their glucose also really having those hard discussions with the pharmacist if there are barriers to getting medications whether that's cost or a person's experiencing a side effect don't just stop taking a medication and not tell anybody Um, and then also oftentimes the pharmacist will have a full picture of all the conditions, all the meds, it can really give some guidance about how to take the different medications so that they're getting the maximum benefit from the medicine.
0: So if we have a question or a challenge or a problem, talk to our pharmacist is what I hear you say. Yes,
1: I <laughs> know them by name.
0: Oh, that's a great point. Mandy, thank you so much for joining us tonight. This has been a wonderful conversation as always.
1: Thank you. I've thoroughly enjoyed our time together.
0: Please stay safe and take good care. Good night.